It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to What a Creep, the show with Margot Donahue and Sonia Mansfield talking about creeps from the past to the present. This is your quick guide to the biggest creeps, jerks, assholes, and losers, the best of the worst. From two nice ladies who want the world to be a little less creepy. Welcome back to What a Creep. This is Margot Donahue, and my cohort in creepitude, as always, is the amazing Sonia Mansfield. Hey, Sonia. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. We've got a Tucson-sized <laughs> creep today, a desert creep from the 60s. This is a famous Charlie killer. There's Manson, there's Starkweather, and now there's this asshole we're talking about today, Charlie Smitty Schmid. But before we get there, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to do. Yes. Housekeeping. So housekeeping. Here, here we are. We do have a basic... We, let me just start with this. We are the podcast that talks about creeps from the past to the present. We always end the show with someone who's not a creep. So you go away feeling a little bit more hopeful about the world than you went in. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. We do have a basic Facebook page. We don't use it. It's just a place for people to complain about our language. You should know we use salty language on this program. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we have a private Facebook group. It's What a Creep podcast group. You do have to ask to join. If you get in, you have to be nice. <laughs> yeah, please read the rules of engagement. Yes. We we are sticklers for those. We do enforce them. They are not there for your amusement. They are there to be followed. But we are a great group, and it's actually a really amazing group of people. We keep it tight, y'all. Absolutely. And we talk mm -hmm. about creeps and non-creeps and all that good stuff there as well. You could follow us on Twitter at CreepPod because somebody had What a Creep for over 10 years and never used it. Creep! We're on Instagram at What a Creep. And you can just send us an old-timey email if you'd like to. What a Creep Podcast at gmail.com. We have some stickers if y'all like some stickers. Wherever you are in the world, as long as you're on this yep. planet, we'll get them out to you. <laughs> And if you're not on this planet, what's your planet like? Yeah, please. 
is can, it better than here? Can, I'm like, can can we go there? <laughs> Do they have air and water? That's pretty much what I need. Seriously, it's all we want. So do you want to tell Please. them about the website and yes. our, our sources that are listed always on the website? Yes. You could go to whatacreeppodcast.com and it's everything you ever want to know about our podcast, but we're afraid to ask. There is a link to our merch shop where you can get t-shirts and journals and tote bags and awesome, awesome stuff. Face masks, because by the way, that's still a thing. The pandemic's not really over for a lot of people y'all so you could get face masks and there are links to all of our sources yay for every episode so ignore the haters that say they don't do their research we literally have links to all of our resources and we like, list them in every show but yes there you go so please do that there's also a link to our Patreon page. You want to tell them about that, Margo? I certainly do, Sonia. Our first four seasons are on the Patreon wall. We also put out two bonus episodes a month. We just did one yesterday, and it was all about comedians and comedy who are creeps and not creeps. And <sighs> it was quite a discussion that we had. We also put out a newsletter. It's just a way to help us just pay the bills. It's to pay the hosting yes. costs and for the website costs and things like that. We're not getting rich from this, but... Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to support Sonia's child support payments. We don't use it for that. <laughs> but we appreciate everybody who does. And I'd like to say a special yes. thank you to M. Williams, Tanya, Jessica, Carolyn, and Charlene. All of them just joined recently. <gasps> on Patreon thank page. you. And all of awesome. you, once again, if you would like some stickers, whether you're a Patreon member or not, just shoot us an email. Whatacreeppodcast at gmail.com. And also remember, we are always looking for creeps and non-creeps, your suggestions. It's very helpful to us. I think I've gone through everything, Sonia. Have I? Yes, that sounds like everything and okay. more. All right. So we're going to talk about our show today. I got this idea because I watched an episode of a show that I super love. My mom and I used to just like watch the shit out of this show. It was called A Crime to Remember. And it was on, oh. it's on, it was on the Discovery Channel, I think, of the, or Lifetime, one or the other. It's now mm -hmm. streaming on Amazon. There's like four seasons and they just take a famous crime and they kind of act it out. It's like Dateline. What's the other one I'm thinking of with Robert's? Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Right. But with really good acting, a good production, not like okay. you know, the 80s stuff. There was a story in there about a murderer, murderer in Tucson, <laughs> and his name was Charles Smitty Schmidt. And I heard the story and I thought, this is interesting. I need to do some more research about this guy. And then I started doing research. And this is one of the most bananas things <gasps> I've ever read in my life. And let me just say this. Speaking of life, Life Magazine wrote a cover story about Charles Sch Charles Smitty Schmid, March 4th, 1967. And they're describing teenagers in Tucson that were basically animals. They like to just race cars, do drugs, have sex, and they would never snitch on anyone. Even a 22-year-old pedophile creep who wears heavy makeup and killed one of their schoolmates. Damn. Yes. This is a story about a man dubbed the Pied Piper of Tucson who acted like a murder murderous Wooderson. That's a dazed and confused joke, I'm telling you. Yes, yes. He's an older guy hanging out with kids, not saying, all right, yeah. all right, all right, but yeah. just kind of... <laughs> Where are the girls at? I need to kill somebody. Yeah. I get older and they stay the same age. Exactly. And, then, and I murder them. Trigger warnings, murder, sexual assault, 
and animal abuse. I will oh, no. I'll give you okay. a warning about my sources, Life Magazine. All the links are, by the way, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. There's Life Magazine. There's just a PDF of the article. There's also a Life Magazine link with all the photos. Photos are very interesting. The reporter went out for a month, took pictures of a lot of people, and interviewed the friends of Charles Schmidt, and then basically was slut-shaming all the girls, all the women <laughs> that were in there. It was really offensive. Cool. Cool reporting, dude. It was all about teenage wasteland, basically. That was his whole point. It's all teenagers. They suck now. And this is like a thing that's been going on for over 50 years. Kids these days. I was having this argument with somebody. They're like, when we were kids, we we didn't have the internet. We didn't have video games. We didn't need that. I'm like, yeah, we needed it. It was really fucking boring without it. (laughs) We had our things, too, by the way. We did. We all had... Every every generation of kids has their thing. Yes. They have their thing. Like, by the way, I'm like, I don't know how old this person was, but I 100% had an Atari 2600 and I was obsessed with my Atari 2600 and my Walkman. I was also a, obsessed with. Yes. Yeah. And all my records and shit like that. But I would have loved yes. the internet back then. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then, you know. People older than that are like, kids these days, we didn't have TV back in my day. Well, good for you. So like, what? We have, so what? Everybody has their thing. It's fine. Right. Deal with it. So that's two Life Magazine links. There's a, a site called Mel Magazine, which did a really good story about him. There's the Wikipedia page, of course. There's the book The Pied Piper, Bloodlands, which is on Amazon by Harold Schechter. Here's the title of You'll Love This. L.A. Squealer. The Insider's Account of the Pied Piper Murders by Richard Bruns. We talk about him in this episode. Mm -hmm. History Channel, Tucson Citizen. Okay. I wish you had done your research. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let me paint the picture first of Tucson. After the war, there was what was called the baby boom generation, and they queefed out a bunch of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Queeped out. <laughs> okay. It, the popula- okay, boomers. <laughs> okay, boomers, and you're queefing. <laughs> but they moved out to the suburbs, and they got jobs, and the women that used to work now stayed home. It used to be the norm that everybody in the family worked. As soon as you were old enough to work, and then you contribute to the family fund, it wasn't right. norm to go to college. You know, that Correct. was an elite thing. If you were lucky, you did that. Either, either you went to a trade school, you just worked right out of high school. In the 1950s, there was this economy that was like, imagine this, like one parent could afford to take care of a family. And so the other one mm-hmm. could stay home. What happened was there was television. And yes, of course, we had the scare of the Russians and things like that, for sure. But mostly kids were safe. Teenagers got bored. And yes, this is my my point. You don't want bored teenagers anywhere. <laughs> this is true. It's it, it's a it doesn't matter mess. what. Ge- yeah, no, it doesn't matter what generation you're talking about. Bored teenagers cause a lot to, of havoc, lead to mayhem. It's the hormones. It's the you know, they're developing brains and bodies. All kinds of shit happens. What was happening in Tucson was it was this desert town in Arizona. It was, uh, there's two mountains that separate it. These kids would, they went from like sock hops and like a, you know, happy days kind of thing until all of a sudden it was the town exploded. It went from 50,000 to 300,000 in just a wow, few years. That's, 
That's a huge amount of growth. And the kids would go up and down the main strip in their cars. They'd drink, smoke pot, would make out, and then that would lead to parties, and then that would lead to sex sometimes. And sometimes girls would get sent away for a few months living with an aunt or a cousin for some reason. Yes. It's so random, so weird. I'm sure nothing happened on that trip. Exactly. This is why we need sex ed, by the way. If if you can, if you're wondering... Tucson had an issue, had a problem. I mean, the teenagers were getting rowdier and rowdier, and then just each generation wanted to outdo the one before it. And in the early 60s, a lot of kids, it was so wild that supposedly, this is what the Tucson police said, they had reports of 50 teens a month as runaways. Damn. That's like two a day. That's, I'm like, is that possible? Were they really runaways or were they just, they weren't home by six o'clock? Well, that's also like, there's something like that. Was that the problem? Yeah. And cops wouldn't do anything until it was right. like a week. Like they, they were yes. just like, oh, she ran off with her boyfriend or she you know, is going to Vegas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So in this atmosphere, we have a guy named Charles Schmid. He was born July 8th, 1942. He was adopted by a very wealthy family who took care of him. And there's a lot of people, for some reason, trying to demonize adoption and trying to say, Mm. like, there's a large percentage of serial killers that were adopted. I'm like, no, there isn't. It's for some reason they try to do this with him. But they can't understand is that he was this born in a very nice family. The parents were wealthy. They ran this like old folks home and Mm -hmm. made good money doing it. A lot of people retired to Tucson, too, because of the weather. He was given everything he wanted. Mm-hmm. I sent you a picture of him. Yeah. And it creeped you out. Yep. Imagine all that crap not happening to him. So you guys could check in our Instagram. We have a whole thing about Charles Schmidt. He's pretty handsome on his own. He's very pretty eyes. He was obsessed with Elvis Presley when he was a teenager and kind of never lost it. And yeah. he started taking his light brown hair and dyeing it jet black. He started with that. In high school, the one good thing he was good at was gymnastics. He was okay. five foot three. He was Charles Manson size. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna size shame anyone. But you can't good do anything to know. about that. Yeah, I mean, it's no. just, that's just the size you are. Yeah. He was very, very self conscious about that. Yes, it's by the way still a thing. Yes, of still, course it is. D- yeah, dudes are still like always lying about their height, and yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, the way women are about their weight, men and, are about their height, and, and people are about their age. Yes, <laughs> true. His parents give him everything. He gets in trouble in his senior year. He steals some from tools from the shop class, and then he just never goes back. And he didn't have to because he lived in a little casita, a little house next to his parents' house. They gave him a house when he was 17. Oh, my God. Everything. Right. He had parties all the time. Shocking. Yes. People came over. They're drinking. I think like the uh, the age to buy beer at the time was like 18. So he was right. He was on easy street. And like I said, he was handsome and he had kind of a chip on his shoulder. And he loved the younger girls. Part of that is because... He's five foot three and he's a dropout. <laughs> An older woman is like, yeah, that's not going to really. Yeah, he's not marriage material. Yeah, he's not bringing a lot to the table. He's not a value add situation. No, he doesn't work. Yeah. His parents give him an allowance. 
He starts this affectation where in order to compensate for his height, he buys boots, black boots, like Mm -hmm. cycle boots. He buys them are two or three sizes too big and stuffs them with paper and rags and tin cans. Wow. When he walks around, people said he looked like a demented Santa Claus. Like he just (laughs) couldn't keep his balance. Okay. Dude, just wear heels. Just, just wear lifts. heels. Lifts. They had them in the back of the Or who cares? Or who cares? Just, just make it your thing. Just, just be a fucking short king, man. Yeah. It's fine. Be a fucking short king. Yeah. He, But he wanted to be like Elvis. Elvis was his whole hero. So he dyed his hair black. He dyed his eyebrows black. He dyed mm-hmm. his chest hair black. <laughs> he took tanning pills, which was a thing. He took tanning pills by, by the handful and just laid out in the sun as much as possible. He would put white lipstick on his lips. He would sleep at night with a nose clip. Uh, uh, what are the clips I'm thinking about? But he would oh, uh, what you yeah, like laundry. A, like a clothespin. Clothespin. Kind of, yeah. He would put that on his lips to make them pout. And he would walk around pouting. And then he thought it would make him look tough if he, one, had a beauty mark, which got bigger and bigger every time. Oh, no. He also put on pancake makeup. You know, like you could see that line where he has the Right. He did that. Oh, my God. Wow. He he He, also. really. Also, Sonia. Yeah. He put on a uh, a tape between the bridge on his nose to, and it was flesh colored and he did that to make it look like he was just in a fight. <laughs> he had a really fucked up self image. No, there's like, some, there definitely some yeah. body dysmorphia going on there. Like, yes. That's like Michael Jackson level of like, I look yes. great. What are you talking about? This is normal. Yeah, I'm, to- I'm totally normal. This I'm is totally, totally fine. Why are you making fun of me? Smitty gets kicked out of high school. He doesn't feel like getting a job. He's certainly not going to go to school. He gets a series of girlfriends. He woos them. And then he tries to get them. His whole thing is like he's going to have them get a job. He would get a joint account with them. And they would put money in the joint account. And he would take all that money out. And a couple of girls fell for this. But most of them were like, nope. And they're like, no dice, my short king. Yes, I'm out of here. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. This guy's like like an original Tinder swindler. He is a Tinder swindler. He's also strolling, strutting around up and down the strip. There was a song that was called The Pied Piper, and it's a pop song. It's, I'm the Pied Piper. It's just a very... <laughs> the Life magazine article included some lyrics and called him the Pied Piper and make it sound like it was really evil. It's not a very evil name for somebody, I think. Mm. No. Also, I just love the image of him walking around with his tin can boots. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He looked ridiculous. And then people thought he had wooden feet. People thought that he was... They didn't know his... Oh, and another thing he used to do, Sonia, is he was obsessed with Elvis, and Elvis could play the guitar, so he pretended he could play the guitar. And what he would do, he would have people over, he would hide a record player, and then come out on stage and pretend to sing and play guitar. People must have been like, what the fuck am I... Seeing? All right, let's let's paint the picture here. We've got... He's got like tin cans in his mm-hmm. boots. So he's <laughs> he's like, now I'm going to play the guitar. He's clearly lip syncing. Yes. He's like Millie Milli Vanilli in that shit. And everyone is probably like, um, 
we know when we hear live music, our ears work. We can tell that this is a record. And he's like, I'm killing it. I'm living my best life. Yeah. And he's got a huge fake birthmark. It's probably like the size of a fucking fist at this point. I'm killing it. The birthmark got bigger and bigger. The pancake make it got thicker and thicker. It would smear on his food like it would fall off of his face. Here's the thing. He bought the beer and he had a house. So the teenagers were like, he's cool. Like Wooderson. I would have thought he was cool when I was 16. Nobody paid attention to me when I was 16. No 16-year-old paid attention to me when I was this, 16. This is true. Right? This is true, actually. You would appreciate any kind of attention. And also, you put up with a lot when you're underage to get your hands on booze. And some weed. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in it's so many true. homes and or in conversations with really boring people on stinky couches because that's where it was, you know? Correct. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he had a lot of girlfriends. He had a lot of female admirers. Once again, he had his own place. That's always something way more. <laughs> it's better yeah. than the backseat of a car. Fact. Right. He did have some friends. He had a friend named John Saunders. He had a friend named Richie Bruns. These are people we'll be talking about. And there's Mary French. And Mary French is described in the Life magazine article as frumpy. Oh, cool. I and like with where that's going. Body. Nice. Nice job, Life magazine. My favorite is in the Once Upon a Time show where somebody said, what did they, how did they put it? Basically, she was really dumb. Just would mm. fall for anything. Smitty is how everybody called him, Smitty. Smitty was getting bored because he's just driving around. There's no internet. There are no video games. There's nothing to occupy this man's time. He's a huge loser. His money's going to start running out. His parents are starting to run out of money. He's getting older, and he's hanging out with teenagers who, like, as they get older, they realize what a loser he is. (laughs) And he decides, you know what would be cool? I want to kill a girl. I'm going to murder someone. That'll do it. And John Saunders and Mary French were like, okay, we'll help you. What the fuck? 
There's a girl named Aileen Rowe. She's 15 years old. And if you see the pictures of her, she's cute as a button. She just moved to Tucson with her mom. Her mom just got divorced mm. and had custody. And her mom worked the night shift at the hospital. Back then, this is what people did. You let your kids, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't afford a sitter. She didn't know anybody. Right. She's probably, and she's working nights and she's like, you go to bed. Yeah. Lock the, just lock the doors. Yep. Go to bed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And by the time you wake up, I'll be here and I'll make you breakfast, you know, and yeah. I'll take you to school and then I'll take a nap. Aline was very smart. She wanted to go to college. This is a thing that happens. It, I know it happened to me, but she was 15. She made friends with some people who were kind of rough. And mm-hmm. I was a really good kid. I was a very good kid, but I still knew the burnouts and the older people yeah. that should have been hanging around me. Yeah, I was I was one of those kids that was super naive and like nice to everybody. And but I also would figure out pretty quickly when I was out of my league or over my head and yeah. I would just kind of back out of the room and walk home. Yeah. From wherever I was, because I was just I was just a nice kid. I was you don't, yeah, 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 and we're also women. We're raised to be polite. We're raised to be nice. Yeah. The worst thing you could be is a bitch. The worst thing you right. could be. We'll get to that story. Yeah, she becomes friends with Mary French, sneak cigarettes, and talk about boys. Smitty would come over and hang out sometimes with his face of makeup and, and the his boots and tin, everything. And his tin can boots. His tin can boots. Aileen, who's being a very good, nice person, is like. Her mother is that says that guy's a creep. You got to get away. Mm-hmm. From, don't don't hang around that guy. And Aileen's like, yeah, he creeps me out too, mom. But I think he's actually really nice deep down. I've just well, he could be nice sometimes. It's just yeah. And she just wants to make friends. She's new in town. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He decided he, she was one of the girls he wanted to kill. He so fucking and awful. Mary befriended a bunch of girls in town. Aileen, it took a few times. They asked her out a few times, and she said no. And then one night, it was very, very hot. And it was so hot that she would sleep in her bathing suit. And it was a hot night. And they were like, hey, we know somebody with a pool. We're going to go. We're going to sneak out and go into the pool, which was, that's all it would take for me. Like, mm-hmm. OK. So it's midnight. She opens the window and she joins them. She disappears. And her mother goes to the police and says, something happened to my daughter because she's a good kid. She's never a problem. And she's been gone. And they're like, oh, let's wait a week and see. She's probably just a runaway. They interview every kid in town and every kid in town's like, I don't know. Never heard of it. Nope. 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 Yeah. Aileen's mother actually like hires her own detective to try to oh find gosh. her kid. It's that bad. This goes on for about a year and they don't find her. And her mother is right. This is when Smitty meets a girl named Gretchen Fritz. Gretchen is 17. She's also a rich kid and a wild card. Mm-hmm. She's been kicked out of her private school. And people love to talk about her. She's some hellion. Maybe she was, but I always kind of think, like, she's a teenager. Like, Yeah, but she, exactly. But she liked sex, and she liked boys. <gasps> How dare her? Exactly. And she scared all the girls. And she starts dating Smitty. And these are two people that just bring out the worst in each other. Mm-hmm. They're both jealous. They're both hotheads. They get in 
physical fights. They throw things at each other. He tells her that he killed somebody before to scare her, and it doesn't scare her. She steals his diary where he wrote out exactly what he did to Aileen. He also bragged about killing somebody else, but they think that's just a lie. He was just that he went to San Diego and he killed a couple of girls. Hmm. But Gretchen and him are having, you know, they're back and forth and back and forth. And yeah. This is when he becomes friends with a guy named Richard Bruns. Richard follows him everywhere he goes because this guy always has chicks around him and he gets his right. leftovers. When he's through with a girl, Richie goes after them. And then Richie becomes obsessed with a girl named Kathy who goes out with him for a few times. And then she's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's in the friend zone. Bless you. Thank you. I'm allergic to this. Yes, I know. True story. True story. True story. <laughs> One time, Richie and Smitty are having a conversation at his house. And Smitty's admitting to him, I've killed a girl. She's in the desert. I want to kill another one. Will you join me? And he said to him, Rich, Richie says, well, dude, like, don't you have a conscience? Like, how can you do something like that? Don't you feel bad about it? And I'm, I'll say this really quick. Basically, Smitty grabbed a cat by the tail and swung it around and, yeah, and said, why should I feel bad about anything? What a fucking monster. Yeah, and that's a, one of the tropes of a psychopath is that they hurt yes. animals. By the way, I'm not dismissing like, oh, he murders humans and then he hurts a cat. And I'm like, how dare him? Like, he's a monster already. I'm just saying like, this is what monsters do. They hurt the defenseless. Like, they, yes. Yes. He has a hair up his ass about Gretchen because Gretchen, the, every time they fight, it escalates. Every time she says, I'm going to tell people. Apparently she's a drinker and she starts telling people. So other people knew that he's the one that killed Aileen, but no one tells the cops. Do they be not believe it or they do believe that. it, but they're just, what are you going to yeah. do about it? I, I, I guess like, and as a teenager, like he was considered cool at the time and nobody wanted to mess with the cool guy. Like they, and also he was dangerous. He, this is a guy who killed a cat. Like this is a guy who got, yeah. got in fights all the time. He was little, but he was like always in fights. Yeah. They, they didn't want to mess with him and they didn't want to mess right. with Gretchen. Gretchen was scary too. So people kept their mouths shut. Hmm. One night, Gretchen and her little sister, Wendy, who was 13, and Gretchen was 17, they go to the movies. They say an Elvis movie that I never heard of, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but you can look it up. It's 1965. She hears that Smitty's having a party at his house. So after the movie, she takes her younger sister to mm -hmm. Smitty's house. People leave the party. It's just Wendy and her sister and this guy. Gretchen and Smitty have a huge fight. Poor Wendy was just there. <laughs> Yeah. She was just there with her sister that she really loved. He kills Gretchen. <gasps> he strangles her with a guitar string. Jesus. Slowly. He finds Wendy who was hiding and he kills her. Jesus. That's and then awful. He has Richie come over and says, You need to help me bury the bodies. And Richie does it. Jesus. He helps his friend out. They That's awful. They bury the body in the the bodies in the desert. Once again, the cops are like, "Eh, they're just runaways." Smitty calls and says, "I hear they went to Mexico with some guy." And so the cops think that they're in Mexico. This seventeen and thirteen year old just on yeah. their own. Yeah, sure. The parents call and they're just told, "Like we're going to talk to all the students, but nobody will say anything." Right. 
there turns out there's a mafia in Tucson. It's this family. They have an outpost in New York. Do you remember the Donnie Brasco, that movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's that family. Oh, they had all an right. outpost in Tucson. And somehow Gretchen and Wendy's father knew the guy. He was a heart surgeon. I don't know why he knew them, but he knew them. And mm-hmm. they took Smitty and Richie aside and said, we hear you guys know something. She was last seen with you both. What's going on? And they realized this is the mob. Like, they're terrified. Yeah. Smitty takes off for San Diego. Richie calls the FBI and says, the mafia just t- scared me. And they said, well, you better get out of town, too. Doesn't tell him about the killing. <laughs> so he goes to his grandmother's house in Ohio. And he's obsessing about Kathy. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy. You know, she, he's going to get Kathy. He's going to come back and get Kathy. He dreams about this. He, like, sends love poems to Kathy. He calls her all the time. Her father's like, leave her the fuck alone, you loser. Like, this is yeah. not happening. And Kathy's all, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's him again. I'm Irving. <laughs> She's like... Eric, I don't have time for this. I have to eat chocolate and think about my bathing suits. <laughs> I have to hate myself lo- in a minute. <laughs> By the way, I love Kathy. Oh, I don't she's wanna... great. Yeah, we. Do- I'm not shitting on Kathy. No, no, no. Just... <laughs> Richie, finally in a drunken stupor and so worried about Kathy from Ohio, he calls the police in Tucson and admits everything. Wow. Okay. And they're like, well, you got to come in. He comes in. Smitty comes back and Smitty's like, they're not going to say nothing. And Smitty's like, I don't know who did it. What? What? Mary and Johnny, the, the first two that kill, helped him kill Aileen, they said they will go to the police. They will testify in court if they get a reduced sentence. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, there's a trial for the Gretchen and Wendy. In between the killings, him being caught, right after being caught and, be, and then before the first trial... Smitty is set up on a blind date because why not? (laughs) Hey, I know this guy who's perfect for you. I mean, look, he may have murdered some people, but he may get away with it (laughs) and he may, but he might get away with it and he won't be on the market long. So you better hit that. And he's rich. Well, the parents were losing money at this point, too. Yeah, because they had to I would imagine. Because they had lawyers and shit like yes. that. And then their reputation went into the hellhole. I can't believe somebody was like, let's set him up on a date. He was set up on a blind date with this girl. Her name was Diane, and she was 15. What the fuck? His parent, her parents loved him. Because he could actually be charming. He could actually be kind of normal when he had to be. He was raised with manners. And they thought he was really sweet. He said, I want to marry her. And they're like, well, we would give you permission, but that's not okay in this state. She's too young. And so they drove someplace else where they could get married and they got married. This was one month after they met. This is fucked up. What is wrong with people? I'll post in the Facebook group. His wedding picture is fucking bananas. The pancake makeup. how, How big is his birthmark? Huge. Like Richard Thomas size. Or I'm sorry, the uh, beauty, beauty mark, not birthmark. Beauty mark. But, he has a beauty mark. Yes. That's like, but he's got the super tan, pursing his lips. It's just absurd. It was the. Did the girl like him, or was this oh, like her parent? Oh, okay. They all loved him. They thought he was great. So, I just. I'm looking through it with my modern eyes, and I'm like, I don't understand where you would set up your 
child with someone who is on trial for murder. Of three girls that age, by yes. the way. Yes. Like, I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he's innocent. I'm sure it's fine. Kids talk. What are you going to do? <laughs> Jesus. The trial is set for the one with Gretchen and Wendy Fritz. One of them shows where the bodies are. It's gruesome. They have bodies. They didn't have the body for yeah. Aileen yet, by the way. Nobody right. found her. He goes to trial. Surprise, he's convicted in like 30 minutes. The jury just like took a what? bathroom break. What a surprise. What a surprise. And he just sort of shrugged his shoulders like, well, that's just what happens sometimes. And his poor wife is like 15 and freaking out. And then they got divorced. And then she went on to marry Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> One of our other creeps. Me and Myra were getting married. We're getting married. After that, we have the trial then for Aileen Rowe. Richie is the one who gives the testimony. At first, Smitty says, decides to plead guilty. And F. Lee Bailey is his attorney, by the way. Famous F. Oh, Lee my Bailey. God. He says, I'm, I'm guilty. Yes. But if I tell you where the body is, will you give me a break in court? And they're like, OK. He tells them where the body is. The police contact the media they announce it on television and people show up to watch them dig up the body of this girl and they find it. Oh, my God. And there are children watching That's this. So awful. I know. You know what, though? If they if that happened now, people would still show up. Like, of course they would. But you don't let them. Yeah. No, no, no. Ugh. You just say, look, you're just going to mess up the evidence. Like, get the fuck back. Have some decency. Because people are curious. Also, yeah. Also, I'm writing down F. Lee Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure he's on the list, but I think he should be. We'll do some. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He's convicted again. The first time, by the way, I forgot to mention he got the death penalty. So he was trying to get the death penalty off the table. Got it. Lucky enough for him, that became illegal in America. They took the death penalty out of the courts at the time. Everybody was then, their, their sentences were commuted to life. Mm -hmm. And he was one of those lucky bastards that that happened to. There's the Life magazine article that comes out and they call him the Pied Piper. They, they take pictures of all of his friends. A lot of them are women. And it's like, here's Patty. You know, I'm just going to say Patty Burke, my friend. Yeah. Sorry, Patty. But she's, <laughs> this is Patty and her unfathered child. Her fatherless child. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, it's Peggy all about on shaming makeup. them. She's, you know, she has an illegitimate child. This is Sandra. She's at a concert. She also has a fatherless child. No shaming of the men that are not with these women who are taking care of the babies. Right. Right. It's Yeah, she just she just accidentally got pregnant all by herself. All by herself. That's how it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so fucking appalling. And this guy hang around, hung around them for like a month. And the whole thing is like, oh, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people don't. I mean, and it's a different yeah. time and whatever. He goes to jail. Good. And it's a life sentence. Good. Good. He tried to escape in 1972. Smitty. I remember I told you he was into gymnastics. Yes. They had a gymnastics team at the prison. Like they had a class and a whole gym. He sawed right. out the inside of a gymnastics horse, took it out, the stuff that's in there, and scurried in there. And he hung out in there and hid in there. <laughs> That's some Ocean's Eleven shit right there. <laughs> and he, when they 
locked. They, they closed the gym. He snuck out and then crawled out a window and jumped over a fence. He was really active. He was very healthy and active and loose. <laughs> he could just like, boom. <laughs> they caught him right away. I should hope so. And then two, six months later, he and a buddy get out again. And this Same time, thing? Same thing? No, no. it was a different whole thing, different thing. They just ran. And they were out for two whole days. And then somebody from his high school saw him and like, hey, man, I remember you. And he looked exactly the same, not without the pancake makeup or anything, but he was wearing a woman's blonde wig. Nothing else different. Like he dressed like a dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay, dude. A hilarious picture of that, too. <laughs> I can't climbed in a gym, one of those horses. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Horse, yeah. Hmm. All right. Also, at I this mean, time, Sonia. Yes. You'd be happy to hear that Smitty is finding out he has an artistic side that needs to be explored. Oh. He of writes, course he does. He writes poetry. I bet it's really good. Supposedly, it's not bad. I'm not going to fucking read it. Fuck him. No, fuck him. Roses are red, violets are blue. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading that. <laughs> He finds a teacher who says, you're actually really talented. You should stick to writing. He starts really getting into it. He officially changes his name to Paul David Ashley. But people are like, nah, you're Smitty. Cool, Smitty. I thought you were going to say, and then he changed his name to Stephen King. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> then he wrote a book he named Carrie, and it changed everything. <laughs> Timeline works, actually. He changed his name to J.K. Rowling. Ah! <laughs> that explains everything! <laughs> On March 20th, 1974, Smitty, who was not under lock and key, he was actually at a minimum security prison at this point. <sighs> he killed four people, three people, four people, mm -hmm. escaped twice. He was in minimum security because he was a poet and an artist. And he was with other people. He was in a white nationalist group for a while. Cool. Which happens in prison sometimes. There are, like, yeah. they have the groups. Yeah. You, yeah. And he decided to quit. He did one thing in his life. He was like, I don't think this is right for me. I'm going to. And He's, Cool. At least he draws the line at racism. Yeah. And the sure. Aryan nation apparently was not happy about this. Yeah. Because they lost one of their big stars. Uh, yeah. Well, they always seem so level-headed and smart. I'm really surprised by this reaction. March 20th, 1974, he was stabbed 47 times by Damn. two fellow prisoners. He lost his right eye and one of his kidneys. Damn. And uh, uh, the names are... Sneaky Pete and Dirty Dan. Those are the two guys. <laughs> Sneaky Pete. <laughs> There's a show called Sneaky Pete, I but, know. I don't think it, but I don't think it's about him. No. <laughs> no. And he, Dirty Dan? And Dirty Dan. When they right. found him, there was blood everywhere around yeah. the room. Hand, all over the door, the hands were on the door because he couldn't pull himself to Oh, get out. my God. He had blood wow. on all of his body except his lips. I don't know if it was all that white lipstick over the yeah. years, like put a code, Katie coating on it on top of yeah. it. Yeah. It was repelling. It's water resistant, very yeah. water resistant. 
He lost his right eye and his one of his kidneys right away. Wow. He still lived for 10 days. What? 47 stamps? Yes. It's the makeup, right? It's the makeup protected him and the tanning pills. The tanning maybe? pills. There was something, some kind of longevity Damn. in there. And he died, but he did wind up dying. Oh, mm. he was left to his mother who still looked after him and still thought a lot of him and still cared for him. But she said, don't bring his body to where we are. It's just bury him at the prison. It's just not, not a good idea. Yeah. Mary French served a few years in prison. There's not much I could find about her. And please don't yeah. tell me. I mean, I, I tried looking her up, but I think she's also kind of a victim here. I think she just, this asshole really, like, just took advantage of her. Yeah. Um, John Saunders served a life term. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you. They, for the women, they, for all of them, they beat them on the head until they were. That's dead. awful. Eileen, they raped her. And then they beat her on the head and then they buried her. That's awful. So that's why John Saunders got a life term. Yeah. Because he participated in that. Mary was the getaway driver. Mary's not that bright, frumpy, apparently, according to Life magazine. Yeah. Well, that but in itself is a crime. <laughs> it was in 1967. But she she did serve her time. And I think she just left Arizona. I think she was like, yeah, this is. So I, I don't have anything about her. Yeah. But she runs. Served a little bit of time. He's someone who gave the testimony that say yeah. that, and he went back to school and became a school teacher. He wrote a book about his experience in the late '60s after reading the Life magazine article, and then he put it away. And either his daughter or his granddaughter, I've read two different things, they found his manuscript and said, "What's this all about?" And so he told them the story. He turned his life around. He completely okay. became a really good, solid citizen. Got married, had kids, has grandkids. And okay. They, they published the story in 2018, and that's the I, a squealer book okay. that I told you about. Yes. He, as far as I could tell, he's still alive. Everybody else, I think, is gone. That's all I've got. That's it. That's my story. The Pied Piper of Tucson. Smitty. I, Smitty. I have never heard this story. You are right. This is fucking bananas. I, if you file, I'll put in the Facebook group, but also on our Instagram and maybe on Twitter too. I'll put out some pictures because you have to see the pictures. He's yikes. He's scary. Yeah. Just, just nuts. What a fucking creep. And I think that's part of the reason people didn't say anything. Cause he get like a guy that'll walk around. There's a picture of him. In the police station with a full makeup and he's taking his boots off and he's like clearing all the shit out of the boots to give him the height. Oh my God. I mean, people that will do this are just like, they'll kill anybody. They'll do. I mean, yes, I I get it too. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But the teenagers were shit on. I just went and looked at the picture again that you sent me just so I could look at the birthmark or I'm sorry, (laughs) the beauty mark. And, so the, and the makeup and the lipstick and the... It's, oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking creep. <laughs> Good job, Margo. Thank you, Sonia. Do you want to hear about someone from Tucson who's not a creep? Yes, I do. Okay, let's talk about Gabby Giffords. 
She was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. She went to Scripps College in Claremont, California, and she has a bachelor's of arts degree in sociology and Latin American history. She is a Fulbright scholar, has a master's degree in regional planning. But the reason you probably know her is she actually served in the Arizona House of Representatives from 2001 to 2003 and then in the Arizona Senate from 2003 to 2005. And then she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. When she was in the House, she was she's a centrist Democrat. She was like pretty fiscally conservative, but she supported a lot of Barack Obama's policies. She was a big champion of renewable energy, things like that. Oh, and she also supported the Affordable Care Act, which I think is worth pointing out. So she had just begun her third term. So this was January 2011. And she was hosting this event at a parking lot in a a supermarket parking lot in Tucson. And it was like just this event where she was to meet with her constituents and this man showed up and he shot her in the head. It was really scary. He also shot six other people, including a nine-year-old girl (gasps) and 12 people were injured. I'm not even going to talk about the, the man who did it, but it turned out he was very aligned with Tea Party rhetoric. He also thought women shouldn't have places in power. And he was very focused on Gabby Giffords. So at one point, she was actually reported dead. And the bullet, it just ripped through the left side of her brain. And that's where your language function sits. So she has a lot of lasting damage there. But she was able to recover quite a bit of her ability to speak and read and write and walk. And it took a lot of work, a shit ton of work. There's actually a documentary that's playing the festivals right now, and it's called Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down. It's Julie Cohen and Betsy West who did the RGB. I'm sorry, RBG. Yeah, RBG. Sometimes (laughs) they say RGB. I'm sorry. I do too. Or RBs. Yeah, (laughs) it's the... The Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary that everybody loves. So they made one about Gabby Gifford and they had full access, all of her recovery, all they started filming back when all of this happened. So they have full access and haven't seen it because it's still playing at festivals, but I've read a lot about it and seen some clips and stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. just super brave. She's at her most vulnerable you can barely read, write, talk, speak, anything. And she's letting cameras film her recovery in the hopes it's going to like inspire people, help people, but also show the consequences of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And since then, she has become an ardent advocate for gun control. Her and her husband, Mark Kelly, I'm going to talk about him in a second, launched the Americans for Responsible Solutions. It was like this nonprofit organization and super PAC. It was all about for for gun responsible like gun control it joined up with the law center to prevent gun violence and they are just constantly doing the work and she is a very powerful spokesperson for gun control and her husband by the way is now he's the junior senator for arizona and his name is mark kelly he also he's an astronaut dude was an astronaut Talk about a long distance relationship, right? Like at one point she's having she's having one of her surgeries and he's literally in fucking space. That's it's bananas. This is total side note, but 
I remember going to see U2 in concert. I was pregnant, so it must have been 2011. She had already been shot at this point. So I think this is around the time she was having her surgery. Anyway, U2 had a whole thing where they like would broadcast from... Mark Kelly would introduce them from the space shuttle and like and they would play a beautiful day. You'd see footage of Mark Kelly floating around in the shuttle. It was it was just fucking rad. I remember being really excited when it happened. It was so cool. And they seem like such a powerful couple. I really hope that their marriage is as solid as it appears (laughs) to be because he's been so supportive of her and just how much she depended on him during her recovery and how much he depends on her now that he's a senator. They are really a team and they're definitely not creeps. I'm really looking forward to seeing this documentary when it's available for streaming because if you haven't seen the RBG one, definitely see it. It's amazing. But that is our Not a Creep, Gabby Giffords. And if you want to donate to some gun control things, I'll put some links in the show notes. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. That was a perfect way to end the show with somebody who's not a creep. Yes. If you have suggestions, once again, we love it when you use the Andy Potts gif, we got one from Ghostbusters and any of our social media things, or be old timey about it. Send us an email, send us your suggestions. <laughs> what a creep podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like some stickers, that's a great place to send us your address. Like I said, if you're not Mark Kelly and you're up in space, we can pretty much, I think, get a. <laughs> Get some stickers out to you. Correct. Oh, well, by the way, if you like the sound of our voices, we also co-host a show called mm-hmm. Dorking Out, where we dork out about movies. We're dropping this on Easter Passover weekend, so we're doing yes. a replay. Next week, we're going to be having Beverly Hills Cops. Yes. Adam Risky from F This Movie is going to join us, and we're going to talk about Beverly Hills Cop. We are going to have the most fun we always do when Adam joins us. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to this rewatch of Beverly Hills Cop. I'll just say that. And I should say, by the way, we did Rockstar last weekend. And I I think that did really well. But I put a clip on my TikTok and it got almost 100,000 views. Damn. It went viral. Some of our our shit's viral. Yeah. Well, that movie, we had thoughts and feelings, I'll just say. (laughs) If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that one. You get to hear Margot's great impression of Marky Mark. <laughs> hey, can I have some of those passes? Hey, the most polite mosh pit ever. <laughs> hey, pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia, where could they find you? You could find me at the com and the Sonia Show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Where can people find you, Margot? You can find me at Brooklyn Fit Chick for Twitter and Instagram. My TikTok is Margot Donahue. My site is brooklynfitchick.com. It's under construction right now, but it will be up soon. All brand spanking new and shiny. I'm super excited about it. Sonia, let's just tell everybody, happy Passover, happy Easter. Be safe. Don't be a creep. Be a creep. Thank you for listening to us talk about creeps. You can follow us at What a Creep Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But don't follow us too closely. You can email us your creepy stories at whatacreeppodcast at gmail.com. But please keep your dick pics to yourself.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.